0: You are listening to the Phenom NBA Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world covering every sport on every media platform make sure to follow phenom on tiktok youtube instagram and twitter as well as all of the phenom podcast channels for daily content the link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms so click on that to access everything if you enjoyed the episode make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show.
1: On the first episode of The Rich Take Show, Richard Duma and I, my fellow hosts, have a lot to get into regarding the NBA. Giannis signed his new max contract, Harden's obsession with honey cakes and partying in Vegas, Taylor Horton Tucker's big game for the Lakers, and the resurgence of Steph Curry. Richard, how are we doing today?
2: I'm doing absolutely
1: amazing. You know, there's a lot
2: we got to get into. Um, First ever episode on this show, and I'm very excited to see where this goes. You know, absolutely love the NBA, love basketball since I was a little kid, and I just
1: can't wait to get started. Awesome. I'm happy to hear that. Richard and I plan on doing this for a long time coming. We're excited. And Richard, we're going to start with the biggest news out of the association coming yesterday. Giannis signing his five-year, $228 million max contract. You know, as a passionate fan, you're a big fan of guys around the league. You're, I know you put the players first. What were your initial thoughts on this? This is great for all
2: three parties. And, you know, to, wouldn't it be two? No, it would be three because I'm counting the NBA in this. The first party here that is affected positively is Giannis. Obvious reasons. You know, he had he just got the biggest extension. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the
1: history, the of NBA, the NBA history, yeah,
2: in the history of the NBA. So that's amazing for him. Plus, he gets to play on a contending team with you know they just added Drew Holiday. You know they still have Chris Middleton, they Chris Middleton, and they still have Brook Lopez. They still have an amazing team that will be contending for a championship for at least this season and probably for years to come after that as well. And not only for Giannis, but it's great for the Bucs because they retain their superstar. They, they, just, they drafted a superstar 15th pick who at the time was just a raw prospect. They signed him, and they get to keep their guy and contend for championship for years to come. And for the league, it's absolutely amazing because it keeps it competitive and allows for small market teams to not be at a premier disadvantage over big over big teams because this signing could actually set a path to come for players and small market teams that would definitely, definitely help for those types of situations. So where everybody doesn't just go to the Lakers or go to big market teams like Brooklyn or New York and other places like those.
1: And I feel the exact same way you do with this, just because my initial signing was We all know Giannis' backstory, the way he would, you know, run to the arena before games and run to practice. He would share sneakers with his brothers. And after everything he's gone through, I guess you could say, in his life prior to his stardom in the NBA, it's the contract. I mean, that sets up his family financially for life, which is a beautiful thing. But for the NBA, it was incredible just because – for the smaller market teams like Milwaukee, it's not this LA or New York or Chicago it's or Miami. It's none of those cities. It's the loyalty with it. And I don't know what you thought of it. I was certain he was leaving just because of the way he would talk to reporters. I haven't thought about my max extension. We haven't gotten into it. Liking tweets, blah, 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 all this stuff. For him to stay in Milwaukee, it was important because it does something for the rest of the guys in the league. It shows that, okay, if you are a, a B plus A minus free agent, you're a role player, you're a guy, you're a veteran that's looking for that ring, that, that championship tenure, someone who wants to be a part of a winning team, you now have to go to Milwaukee in that small market city and help Giannis contend. Giannis is clearly comfortable with his situation in Milwaukee. There were the rumors that because of the failed sign and trade with Bogdan Bogdanovich. He wasn't going to want to play with just Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. It had to be Bogdanovich, but they didn't get him. I guess that just shows a lot about Giannis and their hopes of acquiring big guys. So that to me was also big. And hopefully for years to come, we don't, I mean, we we're obviously going to have those guys like Westbrook who wants the new team wants to be the guy. There's, You know, Kyrie Irving, who knows with him in Brooklyn however that could end up. But yeah, I think Yana signing was very important. Yeah.
2: Um, looks like all those pens that he got for his president, you know, hopefully that paid off because he got a he got a bunch of pens from his teammates and hopefully he used one of those pens to sign that contract. Because if not, there might be some issues in that locker room. There are a few issues with that. For him not to use one to sign that money where he got over two hundred million bucks. So
1: Yeah, and I mean it's just it's it's such a good signing. It's so important. It's a, he's he's won the MVP the past two years. That's big for the league. You don't wanna see the MVP of a team get bounced out of the second round of the playoffs and then leave in free agency the next year. It's just not a good look to me. I think I, I like that he's in Milwaukee for the next five years. I think it's very important. For sure. Absolutely absolutely an amazing signing. Like
2: I said, great for the league, great for Giannis, great for the Bucks, future in general basketball. So very excited for that.
1: So moving on to another former MVP, <laughs> James Harden. Harden! <laughs> Harden! As, you know, as we all know, he made his preseason debut last night. Was a little quiet. I think the warm-up pictures of him in his warm-up shirt uh, were a little interesting to say the least. Definitely gained a few pounds since quarantines happened and following Lil Baby's birthday party. Yeah, I, right. I saw the reports today came out, or reporters were heckling him, trying to get stuff out of him. Apparently, he was training in Las Vegas and Atlanta. I don't know if it was training. Yep, I don't know if it was uh, training. <laughs> but I mean, I my mind was blown when I saw Harden last night and just how thick he's got. And what what did you yeah. think of all that? I mean, that was insane. Okay, too many honey
2: buns <laughs> for one thing. Second thing. Okay. Let's be real for a minute here. Who goes to Las Vegas to train instead of the NBA-caliber training camp in Houston with literal training camp? Last time I checked, there wasn't an NBA team in Las Vegas. There's not an NBA training facility there. Correct me if I'm wrong again. And You know where there is one? Houston with the team he plays for. So there's no way he was training in Las Vegas, unless he considers training as going to an indoor hoop and shooting, you know, 10 shots.
1: Yeah, just to get a feel for it.
2: Probably on a double rim.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, that's what I think about James Harden. I think he just wants out of Houston, and I honestly think – he might even be purposely setting himself up to be traded. I would not I be surprised. I would not be surprised if he's just – get me out of here. At this point, because he's been wanting to leave, it is no secret he wants out of Houston, and I I think he's just trying to get himself out of there faster.
1: And my next question for you is: You look at that, right, and you see that he's totally trying to force his way out of Houston. Does not care. Came back out of shape. I mean, he I he's never tried on defense, so it doesn't really matter. It's interesting to see how it'll like affect his minutes offensively when the season actually starts. You know, that good week and a half off he missed of training camp to do whatever he was doing? Um, yeah. But if you're a team like Miami or Philadelphia or Brooklyn and you're calling the Rockets however many times a day trying to figure out these trades, what you can get for Harden or what you can sell for Harden, yeah. are you as attracted to Harden as a player with everything that's going on? Do you trust if you're buying him that, you know, he gets back into shape or when he takes it more seriously?
2: Depends on who you are. And I say this because there is a absolute guarantee that James Harden will like certain situations more than other situations. He said that he wanted to go to the Nets. He might be okay with going to the Heat depending on how they traded him and if he likes the intensity that Jimmy Butler and Spolstra and the other guys bring over there. It honestly just really depends. And if you don't think that James Harden's going to like what you have going over there, don't even try. Yeah. If you think that James Harden will like the situation, Brooklyn, I'm looking at you. You have two other superstars. Harden will probably love playing with you. In my opinion, at least go for him, give him whatever assets that you have. And honestly, since James Harden is acting this way, I think they are almost willing, Houston, to give James Harden up for less because just having that money that you're paying James Harden for no reason, for not even production, might not even get a playoff spot. It's just not worth having on your roster. Yeah. So depending on what team I am, depending on if you think that James Harden will like the situation you have in your city, in your team, or wherever they might be, I, I, think, I think you might have to go for him but it's all depending on what it is and who you are.
1: Especially if the Rockets are, let's say, like a nine seed, which I very well will get to our predictions in the next week or so before the season. But to me, I feel the same way you do with that, just because it's like, how the hell are you keeping this guy around if he doesn't want to try? And if he doesn't want to like get him out of there, if Houston isn't looking to be a playoff team or I, they have the talent to, but with You know, like I said, reports have came out today. It's told that they're ran like an AAU organization. They're late for everything. They don't care about stuff. It's mismanaged. Harden obviously wants out. Teams, I guess, because they haven't accepted a trade offer yet or nothing's lived up to the Harden potential. Like, I I just don't understand how, if you're looking for that playoff push, you know Harden is not going to give his best effort to the organization. As a top seven player in basketball, why is he still on your team? Get him out of there, whether it's to Brooklyn or Miami or Philly, wherever it may be, get those pieces and go for the playoff push. Harden's not going to give that to you. We've seen Harden – when Harden has the ball in his hands and he's isolated, he's at the top of the key, gets to move around, take the shots he wants, if not drive and kick, that's what he does. If the ball isn't in his hands, he's ineffective. I don't know how effective he's going to be with all these honey cakes in the system. Like, that's just how I look at
2: it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really know either. I mean, we haven't seen James Harden on a non-iso play in however long scoring the ball. It's almost like you're playing where's water while watching basketball film. James Harden not isoing. Is that really, you know, an existent factor? But, yeah, James Harden wants out get them out that's honestly the only option for Houston at this point I don't see how they succeed with them unless they absolutely clean the house and their coaching staff and everything that they and everything that they have and how they run things over there I I really don't see a situation where they're successful with them
1: and my thing is we don't really know Houston's identity following the Russell Westbrook trade the Christian Wood signing to me was awesome whether he starts at the five and gives them a stretch look or comes off the bench as the sixth man in the second unit I I wouldn't call them contenders just because you you're too I mean whether Boogie or Christian Wood is the biggest signing of your free agent, or the second biggest acquisition of free agency for you guys like behind Harden excuse me or Wall excuse me sorry are you really contending with those two, with Wall and Cousins? I mean, we they obviously played together at Kentucky. They have that chemistry from there, but that was close to a decade ago. I mean, I don't really know what you're going – you know you're not going to beat either of the L.A. teams. I think the Warriors match up nicely with them. The Pelicans are on the rise. So are the Mavericks. We just – I don't know. I look – I just – I look at – the Rockets, and I guess from Harden's perspective, I see it as no one knows what we're going for. No one – no, they don't want to just be a playoff team anymore.
2: Yeah, it's just really uncertain for the Rockets. And if I'm then – there's really no point in contending out in the West if you're in a situation like Houston. It's a little a bit of a different situation for teams like the Pelicans who are rising, Mavericks who are rising, Nuggets who are rising. Rockets aren't going to go up from here, and where they are right now, they are not going to beat those top teams in a seven-game series. So with that being said, I honestly don't see any reason for Houston to try to keep doing what they're doing because mm-hmm. they're honestly just – you know they're trashing themselves for the future too. If they try to get rid of their future picks for more assets and just stockpile their salary cap all the way to the all the way to the max, all the way to the top, and you're just absolutely obliterating your next ten, fifteen years in the future, which is not good for any market, especially if you don't even get a championship, let alone a Western Conference Finals appearance out of it. No, just blow it up over there.
1: Um, I agree. So, so the or you take this one, Richard. You got it.
2: Um, the the next topic. Alright. Yeah. So next up, Steph Curry returned. Steph Curry gone most of last year. Warriors had a down year. They got the second pick. They drafted James Wiseman. And in his first preseason game, that man looked like Steph Curry. Even without Clay. First game back in, in a long time, let, let, let me remind you, played 28 minutes, 29 points, 4 assists, 4 boards, 11 of 21 from the field, 5 of 13 for 3, which isn't Steph Curry three-point numbers that we're used to seeing, but he should click back into his groove that we saw from 2015 to 2019, that whole entire, especially 2016, one of the best seasons of all time by any player, let alone a Warrior, and honestly... For the Warriors, Shane, what are you thinking about them and Steph
1: Curry? Well, as a Warrior fan, the Clay Thompson injury blows a championship out of proportion. I just – I think most people can agree with that. I don't know if you can agree with me on that. I just – the loss of clay you're not, a, you're not competing with the Lakers at least. And it, it sucks, but that's the reality of it. That doesn't mean that Steph is not an MVP candidate, though. That doesn't mean that Steph can go on and have a career year that – we didn't get to experience when they signed Durant. Steph was obviously still the best point guard in basketball, but those Durant years really took away from what he could have been. And I think last – I know they played – they opened against Denver last week, and Steph, he played most of the first half, didn't have a game like he did last night just because the Warriors, they were easing into it over the uh, – against the Nuggets. But he really went all in last night. And I think the funny thing with preseason is we saw last night, this was a game-winning – Kings had a game-winning shot. And Time they kind of walked off the floor and they were like, eh, it's preseason. Everyone tried, but it was like preseason. Right. This is a big game for Steph. And people have their comments. People can say what they want. We'll talk about Taylor Horton Tucker next with his 33 points. But it was big for Steph, and it was big – to see what he's going to contribute to the Warriors this year as I guess you could say the only star on that team. I mean, I say what you want about Draymond. I still think he's one of the 10 best defenders in basketball. He had a down year. He's looking for a big bounce back, but um, this was big for Steph and it, it went to show last night. The Warriors first half wise, they, did not get a clicking, shooting the ball. I mean, Steph was one of the only proficient shooters. Marquise Chris had a couple threes, so that's not good if your stretch five is out there making most of your shots. But um, they didn't seem to click in the first half, but and only through three quarters, Steph put up that stat line.
2: Yeah, um, I, I love this season for Steph Curry. I think he's going to pop off, have an amazing season for the Warriors. I like, I like a five or four seed mm-hmm, in the playoffs. I agree. Since they have so much playoff experience, even though Clay's out, he can help to mentor those young guys and guys that are coming on the team, you know, even though he has a different play style than Andrew Wiggins, maybe you he can help him out with some stuff maybe. But I like five or four seed for the Warriors. Second, maybe third round, depending if the ball rolls the right way around the rim, if you know what I mean. And, you know, honestly, I like that for the Warriors. I don't see him making the finals. I know that's, that's, that's a long shot way out there. But love what's going to happen for Steph Curry. You know, when Clay comes back, that you've got to watch out for him next year if Clay can be the Klay Thompson of old, which honestly shouldn't be an issue because Clay Thompson, the definition of Clay Thompson is catch the ball, take zero to two dribbles, and shoot the ball mm-hmm. and absolutely drain it and then go down to the other end and play some solid D. Now his defense might cut out a little bit, but Clay is probably going to yeah. still be that shooter that we know and love to this day. So, yeah, Warriors, I think they'll be a solid team. Curry is gonna be absolutely amazing. Can't wait to watch the Warriors again. And I'm sure you're excited to watch your team get back on the basketball court too regular season action. So very excited for that.
1: Yeah, it's and like you said, it's it's exciting. It's just because there's a big difference between Steph Curry and Kai Bowman running the offense. So I'm I'm very happy Steph's gonna be back.
2: Yeah. Um next topic: the man, the myth, the legend himself. The Los Angeles Lakers. Taylor Horton Tucker, thirty-three points in his first preseason game. Obviously, LeBron and Anthony Davis are out, but you know you love to see that from a guy who LeBron actually scout. He went to one of his games in high school, I believe, which is honestly a really cool story that they're teammates now and LeBron practically discovered them in the first place. So it's great to see him have a good game, and I don't think. Let's be real, probably won't drop 33 again in the foreseeable future unless something happens because, you know, you get your top two scores back. But honestly, I'm liking his potential. He's definitely going to be a, – he's, he's a sleeper for some stuff in his career. I think he has the potential to be. So what do you think about that?
1: I really like Taylor Horton-Tucker. And uh, more importantly than my opinion on Talon Horton-Tucker – LeBron is a big fan of Talen Horton Tucker and he always has been. So when you and I were talking and texting before the show, I was reading something that I actually really found interesting. LeBron discovered him at an AAU tournament a few years back, and he told Rich Paul, who is now Talon's agent, that like he is so talented. And he's going to go to the league and he's gonna be he's gonna be big time. And it's funny to see just because they're now teammates. I don't know where uh we can call him tht where he fits in with the lakers rotation just because of the goat alex caruso dennis schroeder contavious caldwell pope and if lebron's primarily handing the ball if they want to put him at point i don't know where he really fits in i definitely think that he adds scoring off the bench and i actually think the Lakers to me are the clear favorites. I, I think they'll go back to back, but if he can find his way into this rotation and he's not just one of those guys that comes in with a minute 30 left when they're beating up the Hawks by 20 something, like 20 something. I, I like him a lot and I think he could find a, he could find a good role on the Lakers offense.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think he could do that. And
1: now it is time
2: for the actual best segment of all time in all of NBA podcast history. Hasn't even happened yet. We have our Rich Takes of the Week. Shane, take it away. Explain
1: what's going on here. So every week on our show, uh, the Rich Takes Podcast will be giving their hottest NBA take of the week, whether it's a prediction on a player, whether it's a stat line, whether anything around the league, Richard and I are gonna give it to you and we're gonna give it to way give it to you the way You know, we see it. And whether you like it or not, whether you listen to this or not, that's how it's going to go. So, Richard, I want you to go first. Start us off.
2: Now, the Brooklyn Nets, baller team, Kyrie, even like him or hate him, he's a baller. Kevin Durant, we'll talk about him later, uncertain. This hot take is about my man, Karis LaVert. He popped off in the bubble. He led a Kyrie list kd list team to, to the seventh seed you know and even though they eventually lost in the first round to the raptors obviously i really like karis silver i've always loved his game L- just love everything about Kara silver pretty much and i think this season he can be an all-star now wow chance yeah chances are kevin durant he's not really gonna put up I don't think he's going to put up – we'll talk about this later. I'm going to keep it brief. I don't think he's going to be the Kevin Durant of I think he's going to be solid. And I think Kara LeVert, he's going to have to step up. You know, he's got a solid playmaker in Kyrie that can score the ball as well. you got Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, splitting touches in the post. Karis LeVert, man, I'm really high on him. And I think he could definitely be a great player for the Nets. And I could see him sneaking into the All-Star bench this year. He's still super young too.
1: I really like that take. Bold. Very bold. Karis LeVert, I mean, I think he's the third or fourth best player on that team, just because of the way he can take over with his scoring ability. I happen to really like that. That's, I think the East got stronger this off with you know different guys, different free agent signings. Is there a chance? Yes, but I mean that's what it is. That's why it's called the Rich Takes of the Week. My hot take is. Um, I I mean I don't know how hot it could be right now, but it's Harden doesn't get dealt this year.
2: Doesn't get dealt. That would be the stupidest decision that Houston Rockets could ever make. We both agree, and we both agree on that. I'm gonna say that first and foremost, that would be not a smart decision by Houston. If he doesn't get dealt this year, whether it be before the season, whether it be five games in, whether it be at the trade deadline, that will, even though it's going to be the exact same, it's going to change the landscape of the league a little bit because between this year and next year, teams are going to change again. Teams will not have the exact same roster, meaning the probable destinations will change, meaning Harden's mindset might even change, meaning the organization not probable, might even change. So if James Harden doesn't get dealt this year and he stays on the Rockets, that could completely propel a whole bunch of other signings and trades and all that stuff's happening because the Nets and all those contenders right now, they are scheming a lot of their moves right now and on trying to get James Harden and what they're doing. And if James Harden doesn't get dealt, that could actually throw a lot of teams off their path and actually mess up the future or maybe even accidentally help it if the dominoes fall the right way ball rolls around the rim same analogy so I think he's gonna get dealt like you said you said you didn't know how hot that take was give or take it's a it's a trade and it's not really a measurable thing because it's a whether a player will get traded or not but You know, that take is not bad. I still think he will, and I think that can spark a lot of discussions among our viewers on whether or not that will actually happen.
1: So here's my thing. I don't see Harden getting dealt just because of the situation he's in and how he's acting. I think that there's still buyers such as Philadelphia and Miami. I don't believe Milwaukee's an actual suitor. I don't see Giannis and Harden playing together just because of the things they've said about each other in the past.
2: Yeah, that would
1: work. But um, it's I, – I think Harden stays in Houston this year, whether he plays all 72 games, whether he sits out, whether it's an injury, whatever it is, I, I just see him staying in Houston. I see him, you know, similar to the Anthony Davis situation. We saw a couple years back in New Orleans when he kind of just gave up. They placed a minutes restriction on him. He wasn't really Anthony Davis. He didn't give that to us. I see Harden kind of slumping around this year. I I don't see them making the playoffs. I see them being a nine or ten seed and kind of just, oh well, you know, hopefully we get into the lottery. I just I, I don't think Harden has the ump. I don't think he's gonna give it his all this year. I think that Wall and Boogie are still finding uh their way back from significant injuries, so that's a big deal.
0: Chris yeah. Clemens,
1: who I, I believe was gonna be their second unit point guard, just towards Achilles, which Despite what you think of him or his role, that it's not easy to lose nice. your it's not easy to lose your second unit guard. I just don't see it with them, and i I see teams waiting till the off season until Harden reconsiders. And I guess Houston gets a better look at guys that they want would want to acquire. The rumor is Ben Simmons for James Harden. If if uh, Simmons has that breakout year that we've been waiting for, whether it's shooting the ball well, he's an even better two-way defender, an all-star starter, no matter what it is, if, like, then, I think then Houston looks at it. So, that's, that's how I see it.
2: I can see that happening, but what really got my eyes wide there, which is, you probably noticed, is that you put Ben Simmons in shooting well, and you can join them into the same. You no, know, Mike,
1: but if he were to get back, I, and I see what you're saying, but if, if the rumor is if Doc Rivers finds a way or whatever it is within Philadelphia, if he can – whether it's 10-footers, 15-footers, oh, okay. one, of, one of six from three every game, just to take it to the another level, I guess you could call it, I think then Houston looks at it.
2: Yeah, Simmons with an improvement. I can see that happening. Still think Arn's going to get dealt. Once again, definitely a big topic. We got to move on, though, to a man – who was actually on the 2K21 next-gen cover. A lot of people thought it should have been Luca. I thought it should have been Luca. Zion Williamson. Now, he made his preseason debut against the Wizards, and he looked like her incredible. 33 minutes, which is probably what he'll get in the real season. You know, Zion, he's going to play a lot. And and they said no
1: restriction for him.
2: No restriction, yeah. Him and Brandon Ingram are the centerpieces of this franchise. Yeah. And he played 33 minutes, like I mentioned, scored 26 points, 11 rebounds, notched two assists. Assists aren't a big part of this game, but mentioned it anyway. Eight for 13 from the field, which is really solid. And I really, really like that for Zion, especially coming off his injuries. Injuries have been a question for him since Nike kind of, you know, messed up his shoe and <laughs> I rolled it in college in that Duke game. But, you know, I really like Zion's game. And honestly, what are you liking for a ceiling and floor this season?
1: Well, what we saw uh, two nights ago from Zion in his preseason debut, it was his ability to not only attack the boards, but to score from really inside and out, I guess you could call it. It's just his ability to score around the rim He goes up, he's fearless. And then he has the ability to knock down shots from three, which I like. And I think going forward for him this year, they're going to have Ingram as he can – he's very ball dominant. Lonzo needs the ball in his hands to be creative. I think Eric Bledsoe, he can add driving and slashing ability that I think they could use, quite frankly. But I like like Zion to do it all. And he's not this fantastic three-point shooter. I think we can both agree on that. He's not. But just to give them a different look almost every single play, I guess you could say where even if you're a good NBA defender and a guy that can kind of match up with Zion, you don't know where he's going to go or what he's going to do. Whether he's he's at the top of the key taking a three-pointer or he has you in the low post with a turnaround shot. Like, that's what he does well. And you asked about his ceiling in this floor. Ceiling is an all-star. I think that's what we expect. Do I see him being in a league MVP? No, it's not going to happen this year just because of New Orleans and their situation. I think they're still kind of young. Ceiling, I think, also goes along with all NBA. Do I think he has the chance? Yes. Do I know if it'll happen? No. Floor is just—I don't know a floor for this guy. I just think I—I I think we know how incredible he is. To me, he—he he was similar. I mean, he's not LeBron, obviously, but the way LeBron was looked at regarding. You know, ahead of time with the NBA draft, Zion was looked at the exact same way. Like, Zion's the real deal, and we know he is. He's healthy this year. There's no minutes restriction. There's none of that crap. They have, I think Steven Adams next to him really helps. I think Steven Adams is a major upgrade from Derek Favors. Yeah. So I really like Zion this year.
2: I like Zion, too. Like you said, I definitely agree with your statement on there really not being a floor. I guess, I guess if you want to make up a floor – I guess you would have to be, like, actual stats. Like, give him 18 points a game, five rebounds for a floor or whatever. Ceiling is the most intriguing part, obviously.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's where he can go.
2: Absolute ceiling, all NBA 13 Mm -hmm. this year. He takes over. You know Lonza Ball, he's a playmaker, full court. He can find Zion on the fast breaks.
1: Mm -hmm. And they're going to be awesome in transition.
2: Yeah, that, I'm very excited to watch the Pelicans. I'm going to be catching a lot of their games this year when I can. Um, Lonzo and him, obviously, you got Brandon Ingram. You want to double-team Zion. You want to try to stop his – how how much does he weigh? Two, 285, 290? Yeah. You want to stop that 290-pound, 6'8 person who's going to absolutely bully you in the paint? You got Brandon Ingram, and he's going to score. <laughs> so – I really like the Pelicans. I really like Zion this year. Only be a third team is definitely not something that's completely out of out of orbit. So definitely like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, moving on to another NBA superstar, my guy. He's your guy too, Mr. Kevin Durant. He was back. He had a solid night on the floor. He only played 24 minutes. We were texting about it the night he played, and. Your biggest thing was it wasn't a KD-type number game. So before you get into it, I just, I'm just i going to say the 15 points, three, three rebounds, and three assists for five of 12 shooting, that didn't really bother me just because it's preseason and that's the guy's first game in a year. So I, I think with him it's going to be easing his way into it and just getting there. And, you know, getting back into his groove, knocking down similar shots he'd take, the 30-footers, the 27-footers, you know, at the top of the key on the wing, just doing his thing, attacking the basket. I think, I think that's what we're waiting for with him.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that for sure. I, I root for – I don't – I like, like, every NBA player. I don't really have a problem. I wish all of them the best. So, naturally, mm-hmm. I hope KD gets back to his Kevin Durant form. Am I confident in it? I think he'll get better than what we saw in his debut. I don't know if he's gonna be KD KD, referencing earlier when I said is gonna have to step up, do his thing. But I think KD will still get a little bit better and I think he'll still be an all-star caliber player. He didn't really look as explosive, but I think he can definitely gain that sort of drive back. You know, he's obviously coming off his injury, he needs a little bit of time to get ramped up again. Hasn't played in forever since that final series, you know, but once again, Kevin Durant, you, you really don't know. It's kind of an unpredictable situation. Obviously, I wanted to get back to 100% health and 100%, 100% of his talent that we saw in his whole entire career, starting from even before he made the finals in 2012 with that Westbrook and Harden team, which is still an amazing team to this day. Or, yeah, was and still recognized as a good team to this day because obviously they're not together anymore. But once again, Basically wrap it up. Hope Katie does good.
1: Yeah. I think he could. Yeah. So today to end today's show, another segment we're excited to talk about is our primetime picks. Each week, Richard and I will be giving our picks for uh Wednesday night NBA games, the top two. You know, it's still preseason, so it's not as exciting. But for the inaugural episode, Richard, take it away. Give your picks. Um, two games tonight
2: that I think stand out from the other two. <laughs> Blazers, Nuggets, Lakers, Suns. Blazers, Nuggets is a divisional matchup. You know, you got two teams that have some pretty underrated matchups every year. You know, you got Damian Lillard, Jamal Murray that are going to go at it. You have Jokic and Yusuf Nurkic, both running at starting five. CJ McCollum and X Factor. Now the Nuggets lost Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee to, you know, my boys, the Pistons. Yeah. and um. You know, I'm I'm liking. I still really like the Nuggets, though, as a team. I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to step up this year and have a pretty good season for him. And as for the Blazers, you know, they they got better as well. So I'm pretty excited to see them in the regular season. We get a little preview tonight. I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Portland Trail Blazers just because it's uncertain how many minutes Murray and Jokic are actually going to get, and how many and how many how much experimenting the Nuggets are actually going to do with their lineups. And the Blazers, you know, they, get, they actually have something new and they kind of want to test out stuff as well. But I think that Lillard's going to play more than Murray, honestly. Um, I don't know. Just for some reason, I think Lillard's going to play more than Murray. So I'm going to pick the Blazers just because of their stars getting a bit more minutes and their, their actual rotation that they have probably going to use during the
1: regular season. So what do you think about that game? Everything you said I agree with. And I'm not I'm not just going with that. I I like the Blazers tonight just because I think it's experiment preseason's always gonna be experimenting. I think both teams are gonna go at it. But because it's preseason and it's about using your depth and you know finding the lineups you like, whether no matter what it is, I like Portland. And I like Portland because they're deeper and because of the acquisitions they've made this offseason. Derek Jones, Robert Covington. They lost his on white side, but Zach Collins is fully healthy along with Nurkic. I trust them, and I I just I think it's I think it's a matter of depth tonight, and I think Portland outdoes them in that. Yeah. I
2: think so, too. Um, next game that people are going to be watching and paying attention to tonight, Lakers' sons, LeBron and AD, are making their preseason debut. Everybody loves watching LeBron and AD, um, especially me. I love watching the Lakers last season. I got family in California, so, you know, it's pretty nice to watch them. They they root for them over there. And so, I, def- I definitely, if the Lakers would in this game, just because of that, and if Taylor Horton Tucker does THC things again, like we talked about earlier. Blowout. Um, the th the tht takeover i'm going to i'm going to give my uh takeover um line my tht takeover um so lakers sons i definitely have the lakers i think it's very interesting to see devin booker and chris paul deandre Ayton, but they're still going to they're still trying to mesh together a little bit cuz chris paul just got there so i think they're going to try to figure that out i think the lakers are going to take this game by not in a big fashion, but I think the Lakers can take this one by 10 to 15 points reasonably. And so I'm pretty excited to watch the game, see how things turn out with both of those two teams. Obviously, yeah. there's more mystery with the Suns and the Lakers, but the Lakers are looking to, you know, go back to back and repeat their championship from last year. And the Suns are looking to make the playoffs for the first time in how long? So, yeah, pretty sweet matchup.
1: I agree. I like the Lakers a lot in this one just because. LeBron and AD return, and they have Taylor Horton tucker their third guy. Um, in all seriousness, though, I the Suns are pretty banged up. I know Cam Johnson of Donator, Campaign, Dario Sarge, they're all not playing, and I, I know I like Crowder's a little banged up, so they're not as healthy as they should be. I know LeBron and Anthony Davis will only get first half minutes, but the Lakers are a deeper team. It'll be exciting to see LeBron and Anthony Davis – Back out there. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen them play. Too, you know, last time we saw them play was two months ago. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see how LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, do with Marcus and Harrell and, and Schroeder. I think that'll be very interesting. I'm really excited to see how LeBron and Gasol do just because, you know, they both like to share the ball, move the ball, easy looks around the rim, quick plays. So I'm interested to see how they share the ball together.
2: Same. Well, um, so thank you for watching the first episode of Rich Takes. It was very fun, very fun episode. You know, you would agree, Shane. Um, I'm very excited for the future of this show. And um, thank you guys very much for tuning in and let's hope for some good basketball. See you guys
1: next time. Thank you guys. And yeah, just to top off with what Richard said. Awesome. Richard, great doing this with you. I'm excited for our future together, buddy. Thank and you. be on the lookout for our NBA season preview coming this weekend. Uh, Be sure to download the Rich Takes podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.